This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Flowtrack Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can watch the show, which is just a thumbnail for about 45 minutes straight right now. But there will be video next week on flowtrack.org slash podcast. Joining me is the thumbnail come to life. It's Lincoln Shrek. Hey, good morning, Kevin. I think the people that just listen to this in their favorite podcast app, when they hear us every single day talk about, hey, we don't have video, they're like, when do you ever have video? Why does this? Why are they keep talking about this? Who cares? And uh, the few people, maybe, maybe that's more than a few, that watch this on our website, they get it. But mm-hmm. the, I would think the, the majority of our listeners, without having access to the the deep analytics are just listening to it in a podcast app because that's what a sane human does in the year of 2020. <laughs> um, but maybe some people do understand what we're talking about when we when we say that every every episode for the last couple of weeks. I say it for those people. I say it mm-hmm. to the people who are staring at the thumbnail for the last couple of weeks, and I'm telling them that light is there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to change. <laughs> it is likely going to be next week and you'll get to see us talking and maybe we'll even have guests maybe that we'll even have nice. guests yeah it ha- it has limited our guest capabilities that's probably the biggest uh side effect of this no video thing is that the the guests it's gonna it's just been it'd, it'd be too much it'd be too much to to handle no video with with trying to get guests on i just i i couldn't handle it i need to see the guest faces and mm-hmm. uh but for now, without the video, I can wear basically just my pajamas to do this. Whereas previously, I, I you know I had to like spruce up my look a little bit. I had to mm-hmm. make sure I looked somewhat presentable. Not not the case right now. I mean, no one takes that further than Gordon. But <laughs> but for me, I I enjoy just getting to wake up and kind of come on this show. Speaking of guests, we've had a lot of good ones this year since the pandemic started. I'm quite proud of the list we've mm-hmm. compiled. Who would be your top five? Not of interviews we've done, but of remaining people within reason. So, I mean, you could put Bolt on there, I guess. But <laughs> within the within the running world, who would you most like to get? 
that we haven't gotten already? Uh, I mean, Warholm would certainly be up there just because... He'd smack his face only, into the mic, and then yeah, the audio I think he'd would bring be... a lot of energy. Yeah, I, th- I think he'd bring a lot of energy. Um, I mean, Safan Hassan. We just I want a chance to interview her again. It went really well <laughs> last year in Doha. Different circumstances. Uh, yeah. Uh, so th- just getting us on the same on the same stream or same mic for for 30 minutes is can only mean good things uh who else um i mean it's, it's not really related to 2020 but i've always wanted to interview half beard himself whatever tam Barry. oh okay that guy is not jumping particularly well but i mean does it matter? i just think we interviewed half beard. I mean, like what? Yeah, like uh, that. That's that's a thing. Um, uh, Michael Norman is launching his website this week. I guess I'd love to know what went into that. Why he is he inspired by Fred Curley's merch drops? Okay, that that's why he's like Fred Curley. Probably he's like well, not only did Fred Curley beat me at USA's. But he showed me some numbers of all of his gear that he's selling, and I, I can't, I can't miss out on that. Speaking um, of, so that would be that. Speaking of Norman, yeah, real ahead. quick, no, before you go, he posted a thing on Instagram, and it was like a poll, I guess, and it was four hundred or one hundred. Oh, that caught my eye. Wow, cryptic. Mm-hmm. He should definitely still run the four hundred, but maybe he's just playing some mind games with us. Now I have to. Now I have to go up onto Instagram and and check this because I'm now totally curious. I think it was in his, um, one of his stories. I'm not sure. Oh, one of his stories. Yes. So three days ago, he said, "One week. I'm excited to finally announce the launch of my website, Michael Norman 22, on Friday, September 18th. Wow, three days away. This has been in the works for a long time, and I'm excited to finally be able to share more exclusive content with all of you. Stay tuned for more updates throughout the week." exclusive content that is what i am well here to say okay i see the he says 2020 taught me to make opportunities out of adversity 100 meters or 400 meters interesting so right now 400 has 80 percent of the vote and 100 has 20 percent of the vote which that that renews my faith in anonymous internet polls 80 percent of the people are 100 percent right yeah yeah exactly you would think people would like go go the opposite way typically you do those sort of things and people vote the 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 incorrect take but no good for, good for them does I mean, that mean 986 that, is does good i mean the but 200 also, is, a, is a guarantee is that what he's saying oh i didn't just, look at it that way it's just assume that he's doing the 200 and the question is what other event do i do besides i don't know maybe yeah. he's running another race this season is so weird you and gordon talked about it a little bit some people started their season in may and then ended it in july some people are kicking it off now in september yeah. some people had just a really great august and that was it it makes absolutely no sense this season yeah um yeah and some people like norman participated in the the criminal ap ranch series not not criminal <laughs> But the uh, man- manipulate my contract terms invitational. <laughs> um, so no, nothing against him. I mean, he he ran nine eighty six. Uh, yeah, he showed up. He's one of the few people who actually used yeah. it. Like he put that meat on the map. If he didn't run that race, no one would ever uh, know about it. I got one person 
that I'd like to interview okay. this year. Now they have, they don't really do interviews, and they'd have to promise that they would be on. I think they would be honest, but they just won't do interviews long form. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk to Jerry Schumacher. Oh, on this podcast, I also would like to talk to Mohamed, and I'd also like to ask him why he didn't listen to your advice to try to break the world record. Because look at look look how it is now. I mean, Joshua Chep, the guy has the record that Mohamed should have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe no, I, maybe I mean, you're not kidding. Maybe you're not kidding. Maybe I'm not. I you know, if he would have gone to Monaco, I know that race was set up to for Chep the guy, but maybe things would have been a little a little bit different. I mean, he closed so fast in that race. I, you would have thought just go out a little harder, you know. And then you're in the you're you're running twelve thirty five. I mean, like like I pointed out at the time, twelve forty seven down to the twelve thirties. That's easy. That's an easy. <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple tinkers here and there. You're 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 good to go. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I would have lo- I would love to hear why he didn't go for it again. But I guess he was happy with a 1247. Mm-hmm. Well, and, or just ask Jerry. Big picture. Hey. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'd, there'd be a lot of questions you could ask him, but that would be of course at at the top. Has he cut his hair yet? I mean, that's what I want to know. Is like, he still growing out the the? salt and pepper locks <laughs> that he had going on earlier in the summer did we really need the 4x1500 relays did we really need the elimination 2k no we definitely didn't i could answer that for him but you know i guess why not have fun when the opportunity presents itself yeah yeah okay well maybe we'll get to some of those guests on the latter yeah portion of the year keep coming up with that list will do um i mean it'd be fun to talk to the little Muhammad and Sidney McLaughlin and say, hey, did you know that you single-handedly made the women's four hurdles not not that good anymore this year? Yeah. <laughs> just You're just like, no, nah, we're not going to do it. And Yeah, so then I it mean, doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, it would be interesting. To, you talk about getting Norman on or uh, uh, Warholm on. It would be interesting to hear from, from Benjamin, just his perspective of watching attempt after attempt from Carson Warholm. Benjamin, he ran, yeah. he, he ran a good 100 this year too, so he's definitely – in shape, it would be interesting to just to know somebody's uh, perspective from 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 afar on what his main rival sure. is doing. Sure, like how difficult it is to to uh, run that fast weekend and week out. I mean, what was your? I just we didn't talk about it. Two or we, me and you, have not talked about it. What was your assessment of Warhol's Warhol's forty seven oh eight? I imagine were you in a similar boat as me, thinking probably the world record is not going to go down after he ran forty seven six. Um, but did it put the, the, the thought of the world record back on the table for you in 2020 or was it never off? It was never off. I looked at the 47, six is just a weird, a weird race, a possible clock malfunction. He looked at the clock as if it malfunctioned. I thought, Hey, maybe this <laughs> clock malfunctioned. I think he's a threat every single time. And it doesn't matter who's in the race. There can be nobody in the race. It doesn't matter what lane he's in. He's, he's got a shot at it. So we didn't. It didn't ultimately change what I think his chances are for the world record. I'm I'm just stunned that now he's put, what, three of his four fastest times in history he's put up in this year running yeah. against – and we, we, we talk about it, but it bears repeating um, every single time. But to me, Carson Warholm is a guy who's not going to leave the gym until he hits a half-court shot. He's just yeah. not – he's going to keep racing – until he gets a world record this year. He seems completely intent on it. Because did we even know he was running this race? 
and maybe that's just bad like like PR like we didn't hear about it but it almost seems like it was yeah. added late I I had heard before he was going to try to run in Rome which would be Thursday I don't know if that's still on the table mm-hmm. but same thing with the was it Ostrava where he ran before too I don't yeah. th- I don't think those things were originally in the plan I think he ran that fast time early on and then now he's like okay I'm taking every single opportunity I can to try to get this and I'm just going to keep shooting my shot basically Right. He just immediately looks at the the broad schedule of track and field meets in, in Europe, says, calls up the meet director, mm-hmm. says, hey, you got a 400 hurdles? No? Okay, now you do. Yeah. You got a, four, you got a 400 hurdles now, because I'm coming. Yeah. Which, I mean, is probably, I mean, I'm being facetious, but that's probably a, a reality, to be honest. I mean, that he could almost certainly do that. Um, Doha, which is, what, this week? Does not have a four hundred hurdles, which Doha, is Doha's not this week. Doha's pushed back to oh, October. Yeah, we got a while for Doha. I'm, I thought it was the what's the, what's the seventeenth then? What's the, what's that is should there be a meet ro- this week? That should be That's the wrong. Italian meet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I got I got my I got look my... up that one because I feel like after he ran his last diamond league, he talked about Rome. Remember, if you go way okay. back to Monaco, before Monaco, he said, "I'm running this like it's my last race of the year." But when have you ever yeah. seen Carson Warham not run a race like it's his last race ever on earth? Good point. Yeah. Good point. And then since that, then he's run several more times. So I would guess we're going to see him popping up uh, throughout Europe. Oh, no. This is an Italian. I'm going to have to guess. Well, it's you look for the four, the zero, the zero, and then something next to it that's not meters. Uh, yes. He is most certainly running okay. in, in Rome. Okay. Against a loaded field of forty-nine second guys. Yeah. Um, but it's he's carrying the event. I mean, he's uh-huh. he's exciting. It's exciting to watch. It's it'll be weird. I, and I wonder when we're going to see this scenario again. Maybe you can think of a person and in a running event, not in a field event, but in a running event, who would do this sort of thing. I.e., they'd be close enough to where. The attempt is credible. They'd be willing to race enough times, and they would be completely reliant on nothing else. Doesn't care about the weather. Doesn't care about the competition. Obviously, pace isn't an issue because it's a short enough race. I mean, this obviously would never – I don't think this, we will ever see this in in a long-distance race because there's just too many factors yeah. that need to be put into play to get organized multiple times. You can have one shot or two shots maybe, but not what Warholm's doing. The only other thing I could think of would be – a sprint, obviously, or or the high hurdles, but for that it almost feels like they, the 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 race, the willingness to race is is much lower, especially in the in the sprints. Yeah, I almost look at it as like a field event type of thing, like what Mondo's been doing. I mean that it, that's a much closer comp to how Warholm has handled this season. Just I'm going to compete at every available meet, just like Mondo Duplantis is doing, and. You know, I may not have it every every uh, every time out, but you know, for him, Duplantis, he's been around at worst, been around six meters, maybe mm-hmm. a hair under, and then at other meets, he's jumping six oh seven and taking cracks at six fifteen at the outdoor world record. Mm-hmm. Um, that that sort of schedule is kind of what uh, Warholm has been able to do this season, and it shouldn't be lost how ridiculous it is that 
you know, I mean, he's recovering enough to even give this a shot every time out. I know he's not breaking 46, 47 seconds every single time, but it is like, I know he's just, you know, just running on fitness at this point and, and, you know, his workouts have, he's, he's, he's completely peaked or, you know, as Has much he? as you can peak in a, in a 2020 season. I mean, he's just, I'm just, when you're racing this much, you're, you're, oh, I, see what you mean. I would yep. think you've, you've basically stopped intense training. You're just running your races and, and he's, he's fresh as, as, as he can be. He's not in heavy training blocks. And, uh, so that allows him to race this frequently, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just projecting, that's what I assume, but still it's, it's incredible that it, you're racing twice a week and running near 47 seconds every single time is, I guess, uh, with the exception of Estrava is, is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it, unfortunately we take it as from the outside, it's like, all right, he's going to go for the world record. Ah, he didn't get it. All right. It's a disappointment. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I think the odds Obviously, he's run. He's going to eventually run out of races, and I don't think anymore that he's going to break the world record this year. Um, that I just, uh, I may, you know, maybe he runs in the forty sixes in Rome, and I change my mind. But uh, yeah, I, he's I running don't know. out of races now. Yeah, he, I thought it would have happened by now. He's of course running out of races, but when you're out, when you miss it by nine one hundredths, I'm never going to take it off the table. And you, when you miss yeah. it by nine one hundredths, when you make an obvious technical mistake which he did on the last hurdle, he always has a chance. So whether or not he's going to start getting out of gas and slow down, that's one thing. But this is a guy who his absolute seal, his floor is what? 47.6? So he doesn't really have bad races. He doesn't really have duds. So if you start off under the, with the assumption that, He's he's going to be no slower than mid forty sevens, and then the potential is a world record. It makes all the sense in the world, but it's just so rare because we never see stuff right. like this. You know, okay, Donovan Major's going after the six hundred meter world record. That's fine, that's great, and that's cool. But number one, it's a six hundred meter world record, not nearly as prestigious as a event that's competed in the championships. And number two, he does it once, and it's kind of forgotten about. You know. Right. Warholm is not again, he's not letting this go. He's just staying after it, staying after it, staying after it. And if you like if say for example Noah Lyles last year ran nineteen point two five in Doha. Yeah. Would he be spending all year this year trying to get under nineteen nineteen, do you think? I'm asking you to put your Noah Lyles hat on. I would say yes. Put your Noah Lyles hat on. I would say yes. You would? Okay. Yeah, I would say yes. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. You you don't think so? I just – we don't know and I don't – I don't think it's an assumption. I think Warholm is just – and his coach, they're aggressive in everything they do. They're aggressive in how they race and they're aggressive in their race schedule and it's just – I don't think it's a guarantee that someone would, would say, hey, we're going to race. We're close. We're In 2020, nothing else is on the table. We're going to get the world record. I don't think – I know it makes sense. And, uh, yeah, maybe most athletes would do it. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. – I mean, we mm-hmm. can't – we can never – we can't prove this because Lyles didn't run 1925 last year. I mean, you could say – and this wouldn't – this didn't happen because she got suspended. But Salweed Nasser ran a really fast all-time time. Now, she was still a ways away from – the women's formula world record, which is a, a bit out there, but 
if she wasn't suspended, would she be running all the time trying to crack 48 seconds? I don't think so. I feel like we would see her two or three times and that would be it. Yeah. Um, it just, I feel like if you don't take those opportunities, if you're not an aggressive racer before you're in the world record conversation, I don't think you're just going to become one because you're in the mix for the world record. I think you're going to default okay. to what got you there. And if you're very right. measured about your races, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's a difference. I mean, Lyles runs a bit, right? He's not one of those people that just shows up three times a year and, and races. But yeah. there's a difference between that and what Warholm is doing, and it's just week after week after week. And he's, and he's kind of carrying the, the the running events right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So you're saying if that's the case, Kenanisa Bekele should adopt um, a marathon every two months type of a schedule so that he can try to break Elliot Kipchoge's world record. And I was going to – I, I uh, the the name is escaping me, which this always happens. The Japanese runner who won Boston in 2018. Why can I not think of his Yuki name? Yuki Kawuchi. Yeah, Yuki. He needs to adopt a uh, adopt a. Kinanisi needs to adopt a, a Yuki schedule, so cause to go for Kipchoge's record. Well, he can he can do it at any marathon, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. But I'd say marathons <laughs> are a bit different than the four meter hurdles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. So that's that puts him in a tough spot. But that's a good example of. I mean, Chupty guy's going for it, got it in the five, yep. and now going to go for it again in the 10. I'm trying to think of other people who are close. I guess you could say Timothy Chariot is close-ish, but again, his yeah. his race depends on so many other things. Warholm's, because, of, because he's a force of nature, Warholm really doesn't. He doesn't need anything. Yep. He needs 10 hurdles mm-hmm. and an official timer. That's pretty much it. Like, like he's, he's proven that he doesn't need anything else. I just think right. in track that the word is always caution, 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 caution. So I don't know if we would see a world record chase like this. And I'm just telling people, hey, enjoy this journey. Because sometimes, Lincoln, the journey is better than the destination. And once we get there, he'll already have had it. You know, he'll have it. Maybe he could break it again and that'd be fun. But it's cool. It's a cool feeling. Like when he lines up, like this could be it. This could be the world record. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's that, that's – he makes the value of a meet at this point, along with Duplantis and Krauser. It's or or are the any of the three kind of golden boys right now competing? Because then you know it's it's must watch. You have to yeah. you have to tune in. Yeah. And if not, it's like ah, we can take it or leave it. Yeah. Because none of the other stars, at least on the men's side, are are competing. You know, and there's no Coleman. He's suspended. Lyles, the season's done. The 400 guys don't want to race this year, I guess. Donovan Brazier's season's done. Chariot's not racing right now, and I guess you could say Ingebrigtsen. But the 5K, we know that's already been set. Chep, the guy is going to go for the 10K world record in October. So yeah, it's I mean on the yeah. there's just a handful of guys, and on the track it's exclusively Carson Warholm, which which makes it cool. Yeah. I mean you know what you're going to get from him. Um, yeah, the, I guess I meant that also also as a segue, if we can, to to Ryan Krauser, who threw yesterday in Zagreb. Yeah, I want to make I want to try to shoehorn one more joke in okay. here and say it's not necessarily uh, about yes, forty six seventy eight. It's about the meat records that Carson sets along the way. So. <laughs> yeah, that was Gordon's hill to die on yesterday. He was, hey Gordon, uh, Carson Warholm broke a Edwin Moses <laughs> lame record, lame, yeah. 
Lame. Well, hey, hey, Gordon. I mean, Edward Moses was pretty lame. Uh, okay. All right. I think uh, what he meant to say. This is what he should have said. He should have said stadium records are more important than meat records, which is an accurate statement in mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because he's talking about oh, it's a coincidence that he happened to run there, and, and records shouldn't be based on coincidences. But I mean, Usain Bolt happened to run nine sixty three in the Olympics, so now that's the Olympic record. That's a coincidence. I don't know what I don't know what that <laughs> necessarily proves or disproves. But I, yeah, I think when you get to the elite elite levels, I think stadium is more important than the meat record. Obviously, at that point, because yeah, it's just got to be meets come and go. It's just uh, it's got to be exhausting to be Gordon Mack on some on some days. <laughs> I I, w- I would imagine, but you know, give him credit. Yesterday. Ryan Krauser threw twenty two seventy four for the eightieth time this year. No, it was, it was I think he's the fourth or fifth time. Could have fooled me. And he he counted up uh, the top shot putters in the world in world history. He counted up all their twenty two meter plus throws, and I thought he maybe had just done it like the the twenty two plus meter winning throws because you know how obviously you can throw over twenty two meters. And then you know if you if you throw twenty two oh one, but then your winning throw is twenty two oh two. Well, your twenty two oh two doesn't go on the all time, or your twenty two oh one doesn't go on the all time list because it wasn't your winning throw. And I and I cite that because when you look at Ryan Krauser's twenty twenty season, he has technically thrown over twenty two seven on five occasions, but only four of them are listed because his one of his twenty two seven somethings when he threw in Atlanta at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He trumped out with a 2291, so that 227 doesn't go on the uh, the all time list, and that's a long winded way for me to say I thought maybe oh Gordon's gonna forget that, but no, he actually went through with all the best shot putters in the world and counted all of their individual throws <laughs> above 22 meters. Ryan Krauser now has 99, mm. and the second best thrower of all time, as far as over 22 meters, is at 39. And that is Ulf, Ulf Timmerman, yep. the the, fa- the famous German. So Krauser has now thrown over twenty two meters sixty more times than the next best shot putter, and he having thrown over twenty two meters thirty two times so far in twenty twenty has nearly equaled the second best guy in history. What what he's done in a lifetime? Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible, and it's and. I, again, that was a, a long-winded way to talk about Ryan Krauser, who won Zagreb with a, with a 22-74. He now, Kevin, has four of the top 15, four of the top 14, excuse me, mm-hmm. throws in history. He's done that in uh, just the just the last couple years. I'm I'm starting to uh, run out of steam talking about Ryan Krauser. Hold on. No, he's thrown four of the top 14 throws in 2020 alone. Yeah. There we go. And I wanted to compare that to another event. So I looked at another guy who's been just, whose name is just peppered in the all time top 20 list. Uh, and so I looked at the 1500, Hishamel Garouge, who owns half of the top 20 uh, all time 1500s in history. And I wanted to see was there ever a moment, one season, where he ran four? of the top 14 mm. marks in just one year, which would have required him. No one is still listening at this point. I am. Hit would me have with required it. Him, Hit me with it. Go. Would have required him to run 327.65 or faster four times in one year. He never did that. 
That is the equivalent. Yes, the shot puts a little different, but that's the equivalent of what Ryan Krauser's doing. He's basically run under 327.65 four times this year, and the season's still going. Your response? Well, I think that that is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, no, I think you're. What's the What's the headline of this piece? He's having an all time season. Yeah, he's having one of the best seasons in track and field history. I think it's I think it's appropriate. Did you compare it to other? Did you compare it to like Rhodesia? I didn't, Kevin. Oh, I, this needs I, more you know, numbers. I'm on a time. You stopped after number two. I thought that was going to be a lot more. Usually when you number things, <laughs> it's because you're going to go beyond two. But you're like, nah, two's good. I got two points here to make. I'm going to get in and I'm going to get out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you're. Rudisha, I think, also has 10, 10 in the top 20, uh, in the top 20 of all time. His 2010 season, uh, was similarly dominant. I should have I should have compared it to to uh, Radisha. I just thought El Garouge, You know that's a that's a number people are going to understand in the fifteen hundred. Radisha's though would have would have been pretty pretty similar, except for the fact that he would maybe be a little bit above yeah. his twenty ten season, just in the fact that he did break the the world record twice in in 2010 so if i was going to go a little bit further but i, I didn't want to you know undermine the, the the point of my article i mean i think we can all say <laughs> if you follow track and field radisha's 2010 is perhaps one of the best seasons ever yeah um but it, yeah it's krauser season is 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 a shade under that but comparable i think yeah and i think the question now is can he parlay all of those 22 plus throws into a 23-13. That's the only remaining question. Can he get right. the world record? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, man, it's just really, really hard. And I would, that's why I'd love to talk with him. I mean, I know previously that's one of the seven questions you ask a shot putter, right? Like, you know, when he was, I think when we saw him at US Indoors, you always ask about it and they kind of blow it off. And I, I just would, just because, I mean, talking about the world record when you're, quite a ways away is is a waste of time but I, I i would love to hear like what what it is exactly that he needs to do is it like a feasible mark or is it is it the same just because we look at it we look at the the randy barnes twenty three twelve. it hasn't no one's cracked 23 meters in the last 30 years i mean is it just an outlier in the in the form of a david rudisha where you talk about it but you also realize it's an absurd mark that is you're highly, highly unlikely to get, or is it? Is it an inevitable at this point, knowing that he's throwing over twenty-two seven so mm-hmm. frequently now? Uh, I, that's what I am trying to figure out. I know that. I mean, just the limited knowledge I have of the shot put, the fact that no one's broken twenty-three meters tells me that's gonna be really hard to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, his consistency at such a high level does at least suggest well, it. it it's a it's a possibility, even if history is up against him. Well, I'm looking at Timmerman's all time marks, and he has that 2306. His second best was 2262. So, I mean, this is a similar question you have with Warholm. Yeah, is he is Warholm just going to go? Is Warholm going to go from 47 low and 46 high just over and over again, and just then when he finally breaks it, just completely smash it? And run something like a forty-six-five one day when he gets the right race. Is is, mm-hmm. is that on the table? And I think that's a possibility here for Krauser. I'm sure the shot put community wants it to happen. I don't think they want the record being held by someone who's banned from the sport. So 
Um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of people, you know, behind him and trying to get those those last few few centimeters. But right, I mean, it's remarkable. the 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 consistency is is remarkable, and shot put though is. I know they get juiced up from the from the competition. I know they get like that helps, you know, throwing it in a big stage. But also his I mean his best mark all time now, that twenty two ninety one is from that Marietta, Georgia meet in July where there was probably right. nine people there. And he ran and he threw Yeah. So how much better can he get being in an Olympic final? How much is that worth? You know? It's not like, oh man, get him on a Mondo surface. I know some rings that people are more comfortable with than others, but you can replicate that virtually, mm-hmm. virtually anywhere. So I don't, I know where are the other centimeters gonna come from is the second question of the seven that I ask a shot putter. Exactly. Um, he did have some competition, at least in name alone, as reigning world champion yesterday. Joe Kovacs competed yeah. in Zagreb, but it wasn't close to. To his not to his credit, but to in fairness to Kovacs, it was his first competition since the the Milrose Games, yeah. and man, he just ran it. He he threw twenty twenty one three, which I mean is obviously not a good mark for someone who's run thrown twenty two ninety one less than a year ago. But if he if he wasn't, he would have had to been in peak form to even challenge Krauser right now, because Krauser, who I think has a you know he's got a he's got a circle at home. He can he can throw at home. He's he's been ready to go. Yeah. He he must. I don't think Ryan Krauser got the memo that there was no Olympics this year. He may have heard about it and he <laughs> said, "I'm I'm just going to operate like there is an Olympics this year." Right. Because the rest of the I don't know if it's like injuries, but the rest of the top guys haven't. I mean, they've just taken 2020 to kind of lick their wounds, literally and, and figuratively, uh, against Krauser. Which I, I think makes sense in some regards because it is a taxing, taxing sport, right? Yeah. I mean, throwing a 16-pound ball all year can't be easy. I can't speak from experience, but I can't imagine it would be that hard or be that easy. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it is crazy that, that I mean, it, he's thrown over 32 or he's thrown over 22 meters 32 times and no one else has done it once. That would have happened if Tom Walsh... And Kovacs was out. Was it were out there? If Romani was out there? If Darrell Hall or Darrell Hill was out there? But it's it's unbelievable the season he's having relative to the rest of the shot put. Yeah. Well, twenty two is hard. Did you did you mention the stat in your piece? There's only been a hundred. I mean, these are winning marks. I think right on the all time list here. But it's like if you go on the all time list, you only go down about one hundred and eighty marks before you get to. A yeah. twenty one ninety nine, like it used to be a twenty two is guaranteed to win a competition, and now he's right. doing it. He's setting up for next year where he's like every throw in the final is going to be a winning throw. It's just right. it's going to be it's going to be really it's going to be really fun to watch. Of course, we're focused on the the world record because that's one that we thought was out of reach. But I don't think you can look at all these high twenty twos and think that that's just where he's going to stay. I think the possibility mm-hmm. exists that everything's going to align and he's going to and he's going to get the throw of it. I don't think his I don't think the twenty two ninety one was a throw of his life, and I've been charting throws of people's lives for decades, Lincoln. Decades. It's hard to imagine. That, yeah, right. It's it's yeah. Just keep that constantly at the top of my head. The, the, everyone's career throws. Um, 
it's hard to imagine somebody who's an Olympic champion who's so competitive at every global championships would have the best throw of his life ever at the Marietta, Georgia pandemic special. But um, twenty that said, 2291 is a fantastic mark, but his consistency suggests that he's... I, I don't know. I mean, you you literally it's a it's a chance that it happens any time out. It, it, it's it's you know not just any competition, but it could be the first throw, it could be the sixth throw. Yeah. You know he's he's going he's typically going over twenty two meters his first throw. Mm. Um, it's uh, you know he's ready with his fastball right out of the gate. You know it's well that probably takes pressure. Incredible. That probably takes pressure off too, which means he can take some bigger swings towards the end of competitions. Mm-hmm. If he's locking up the gold in the first two rounds then he can really right. go for it in the later yeah. in the latter stages of the competition um yeah. takes the takes the pressure off so great article people can read it on the site again it's entitled what's it titled here we go Ryan Krauser's having one of the best seasons in track and field history by Lincoln Shrike clocking in at about I don't know 480 words maybe for Lincoln no oh, I doubt it I doubt it there's a big tweet in the middle that's taking giving it a good <laughs> extra paragraph um, it, it, you know, it, it didn't take me too long to write. Mm. It's just, I just felt like Ryan Krauser needed some, some credit after he once again threw over 22, seven yesterday. Just give the guy it. I, I, I mean, I, I mean this seriously, it is absolutely made me interested in the shot put this year, which yeah. uh, duh, but like normally the shot put in a normal year when you've got the hundred, the four, the distance events, mm. I mean, let's be honest. I was f- focused elsewhere. And like we were in Doha last year. And it took arguably the best shot put competition of all time. Maybe the best field event like, competition of all time. Right? That goes right up yeah. to that Lewis Powell long jump from Tokyo people were talking about. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, it was just insane. The, the, the three guys over 22.9. And, you know, there was just other track events going on. And it took that level of competition for it to be like, well, shot put was good today. Did you hear the shot put yeah. was good? And it was like, turns out it's like... Oh no, that was probably the best event in Doha. I mean, I know there were there were there was a world record in the women's four hundred hurdles, and there were fast times in the distance events, and somebody ran a ten k fifteen hundred double. But yeah. shot was right there. Yeah, yeah. From a pure competition standpoint, it, it means yeah. that, and, the, and that that and the women's four hundred hurdles for me. Yeah, the, the the two things that have the lasting legacy. Before we go, I wanted to get your opinion on this quote from Oregon track coach Robert Johnson. So Ken Go, the Oregonian, wrote an article about how the pandemic's impacting college track and cross country. And one of the things he brings up uh, within the article is how it could impact when the seasons are contested, as we've talked about, basically ad nauseum on this show. Um, Yeah. So Johnson said that it was a non-starter was his quote about a late winter, early spring cross country season. And he goes on to say um, in this same article, again, by Ken Go of the Oregon, uh, it says, uh, Johnson notes that notes the postponed Tokyo Olympics are scheduled for next summer. Quote, too important of a year for that in the big picture, he says. So I ask you this question, Lincoln, should the... Yeah. Summer Olympics be part of a consideration of whether or not the NCAA hosts a late winter, early spring cross country meet. Yeah, that no, no, that that absolutely shouldn't. And I'm not sure. Is it because it's going to be 
pulling his attention, you know, a cross country season that time of year would be pulling his attention off of getting track athletes ready to go for the for the outdoor season because no that makes that makes no sense to me it's not like i mean all respect to all the guys on on oregon cooper tier's pretty darn good but i don't think anyone's saying he's going to be making a, a, a tokyo uh, he's not going to be you know he's going to be fortunate to qualify for the olympic trials i don't i don't i'm not sure what he's trying to get at there in in that regard uh it it doesn't surprise me though we've talked about on the show there's going to be track coaches up against this this uh cross-country season that'd be taking place right in the middle of what would normally be an indoor season but show me that there's going to be an indoor season this is our best option to have any running events any track and field adjacent competition at all before i i mean i i don't know i guess you could social distance indoors and kind of do what some cross-country meets are doing but we know the virus passes dramatic you know is dramatically more transmissible indoors so I, I don't see how there's even going to be a track season before april and if, if that's the case what's wrong with having a cross-country season mm-hmm. it's it's not like i mean it's not going to affect the people who are going to be making it to tokyo i don't understand what he's what he's getting at there um that it may the only thing i can think of is, is it's taking time away from his schedule of where he would normally be with training his athletes for you know, what would typically be the indoor championships and then the outdoor season. But there's not too many college athletes that are going to be um, making Olympic teams. And for the ones that do, they're they're already on the understanding that they're going to be disadvantaged relative to their professional counterparts because of the the lack of a season. Um, so, no, I don't get that at all. That 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 quote is rings disingenuous to me sounds like somebody does not want to have crust he does not want to be in oklahoma in march that's what it sounds like to me i mean then just don't run right just don't run a team yeah or yeah send the backups to the backups it's you can't set up a sport and say the only way we're going to have this is if it's compatible with an olympic schedule when we're talking about the NCAA. 99 percent of athletes are not going to the Olympics. They're not geared around the Olympics. Yep. They're trying to have a cross country season because one was not able to be contested in the fall. And I don't think track and cross country should go out of their way to conflict with the global calendar. They should try to make it work as best they can. But we see this in the indoor season, right? When in world indoors and NCAAs, they land smack on top of each other sometimes. But their response yeah no one complains about that then yeah, yeah. their responsibility is to their athletes and to having a a season so yeah my, my reaction was was similar to yours does Oregon have all these secret olympians that i didn't know yeah. about on their team and mm-hmm. and even if they did okay well they're the exception they're not the rule that those one or yeah. two athletes have them redshirt have them sit out if you need to don't 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 run but to say we're going to scrap every, we're only going to operate on things that directly impact the Olympics in an Olympic year is a good way to drain out interest and enthusiasm at every other level of the sport, which I think is a head-scratcher. No. Yeah, the first priority to me, Robert Johnson's job is the Oregon Ducks. It's not who he's going to have make the the Olympic team, right? I mean, that's not not like you're not going to see a college basketball coach with a, a solid pro prospect. I mean, you know. He, he's not going to be like talking about John Calipari well, now. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
first priority this year is you know just making sure our guys are rested for for the NBA draft. Yeah. You know that's coming up. That's kind of that's just want to let everyone know at Rupp Arena that Kentucky fans can plan to see limited action from our stars. They're going to be prepping for the NBA draft combine. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's ridiculous. I I don't know what exactly he's. He's trying to get at it. Just again, sounds like somebody who does not want to have a cross country season at a time when mm-hmm. uh, it normally is not held. So, but th- it, that's not going to mess people up. I mean, if you if you want, just run cross country while training your athletes for the track. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, uh, well, we didn't do as well as we thought, but that's because all of our fifteen hundred meter runners, we were training them for the mile right now, and that's like okay, that makes sense because you want you want to give them their best shot to succeed on the track fine but you can't you can't just do no that this is not what college sports are about they're not just a it's not just uh in the olympic year everything stops ncaa championships stop being priority yeah. it's all about trying to have the far-fetched shot to make to make the uh to, to make the Olympics. How, how are you going to explain that to the, the, the fans in Eugene, the people who are, <laughs> well, who are, who are buying the gear, who are buying the Cooper tier jerseys? Come on. <laughs> how are you going to explain it to your, you know, your fifth runner on your men's and women's yeah. team in cross country, who's probably not a factor, doesn't get a lot of big time racing opportunities indoor or outdoor, but could be on a team that, that, that could compete. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to do this right. because we're saving for the Olympics. I, I guess we you could interpret this as though as it's going to be so busy, let's just not let's not add another thing to it. But that doesn't have mm. the busyness doesn't have anything to do with the Olympics because if there wasn't an Olympics, there would still be a U.S. championship, and in most years there would still be a outdoor world championship, except every other right. even years because for some reason we don't do those. But there's always <laughs> there's always an excuse not to run. There's always an excuse not to have a meet to not go for it. And yeah. I think uh, it, if the issue is, okay, the collegiate calendar is just too complicated, that's that's one thing. But when, when you start attributing it to the Olympic year, then I wonder, well, what's going to be any different next year? Next year, right? The, in, or the yeah. year after, in 2022, Eugene is hosting the world championships. Yeah. That's busy. Yeah. The year after that, we're saving everybody. Twenty twenty three, you're going to Budapest. Twenty twenty four, you're going to Paris. Twenty twenty five, you're going to TBD World Championship site. Yeah, uh, you're not going to get a breather until twenty twenty six if you're just looking at global championships. But again, how many people are actually impacted by the global championships? Very small. No, none currently on Oregon's roster. Well, there might be an international yeah. athlete here or there who could make okay could make the team, and that's Robert Johnson's priority. Well, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is I don't I don't yeah. think that that should be the priority. I think okay, this person could go to the World Championships and run it in one round and get bounced or make a semi and get bounced. That takes precedent over potentially competing for yeah. an NCAA or a Pac-12 championship. No, of course it doesn't. No. Of course it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough one to me. I'm gonna have to go and actually read the quote um, and give it my full thoughts in an eight tweet thread <laughs> while adding uh, while while mentioning Robert John. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, that's different. That's different for me. Um, I know Robert Johnson's a track coach first and foremost, and that's what he's paid to do. But 
He's not an Olympic coach, first and foremost. He's coaching Oregon. Well, nobody's an Olympic. That's the thing with track. No one's an Olympic coach. Everybody is – they're focused on their group, and then the whole is better because everybody is singularly focused on their small group or their team, be it a professional level or at the collegiate level. And then they come together. A collection of individuals comes together and becomes the best track team because track is an individual sport. It's not really a team sport. And and everybody is able to get their best because their their needs are met theoretically throughout the year because they have their individual coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and this at a micro level it kind of accentuates the what a lot of us complain is the worst part of track not the worst part, but one of the bad things about track and field is that it only matters once every four years. Well with the if the people within the sport are like we're saving it for our once in every four years. That makes it worse. Yeah. Like they, obviously, most people don't. Most people still compete in an off year and all that. But it, it it's I don't know. I don't think it's the 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 image you want to want to give off necessarily. If you're like, we're we're saving it mm-hmm. for for the Olympics. That I mean, is probably going to happen. But we don't know that. Compete when you compete when you have the opportunity. Yeah. Don't think about tomorrow. Well, that's what we we're talking about with Warholm bring this full circle that's literally Perfect. literally what he's doing he Warholm is not assuming there's going to be a season yeah so yeah uh yeah too important of a year for that in the big picture was the exact quote um on mm. the flip side rob connor quoted in this piece i'll run cross country anytime i think it would be safer than indoor track so yeah that's the very on brand for both gentlemen there for both rob's uh he said while scarfing down a tofu dog. Um, so, <laughs> fellow fellow vegan, uh, Rob Connor. Yeah. You and him are kindred spirits, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely the case. Um, are, are, are you on like right. a vegan like email listserv with like other running media members and coaches and athletes? Is there a secret group you guys have? I'm not. Maybe I should be. I don't know who else is out there besides me and Rob Connor. But... Uh, I assume there's there's a couple more. I know German Fernandez dropped meat for a while. Mm-hmm. I imagine he's 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 got back. He's jumped off the wagon since. But I know there's others out there. It's a small community. Right. Uh, we may have to start our own website. You know, flowtrack backslash vegan dot org. <laughs> uh, get on some message boards. Yeah. All right. So. If you if you want to be on Lincoln's group, flowtrackpodcast at gmail dot com. S- send him an email. Uh, we'll leave it yeah. there. We're recording this before some big-time meets today, so we'll recap those ones tomorrow. Uh, Lincoln, before we go, episode title, you got any ideas? Um, Gordon wanted to go with meet records or stupid yesterday. Should I just do that today? Yeah. Um, Ryan, Ryan Krauser. <laughs> Ryan Krauser versus – just totally out of context – Ryan Krauser loves track. Robert Johnson hates cross country. I don't know. <laughs> we have a lot of Krauser stuff at the top of the page right now. Just, yeah, we do. Got, got He's a, getting a lot of love. Got, got to balance that out. Anyway, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Lincoln. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.